Never liked him. Number will be. <laughs> uh, for those of you that have not seen the poll yet on Twitter, here it is. Do you now like Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers less than you did before this week's COVID 19 situation? Here are your choices. Yes. Like him less now. No. Like him the same now. Or no. Never liked him. Uh, in the first minute, there have been 45 votes. Zero votes for no. Never liked him. Wow. I assume there will be some late precincts that will report that will change that. (laughs) No one ever liked him. I'm sorry, that's funny. Uh, What you will like, especially when the snow flies, is your Aaron snow thrower. You won't just like it, you'll love it. I love mine, you'll love yours. You'll be ready for whatever Mother Nature dishes out. So either, if you have an Aaron Snowthrower already, make sure it's tuned up. I am not capable of that. It's too fine of a machine for me to be messing with. So I will take mine to my local authorized Aaron's dealer. If you don't have one, check out Aaron's.com today and make sure that you find the one that will fit your budget and fit your lifestyle. It will make your winter much more pleasant. Aaron's.com. Joining us now. And I have a pertinent question for him that does not have anything to do with Aaron Rodgers or anything else. He's one of our favorite humans. We love it when he joins us. Future Pro Football Hall of Famer. He's already in the College Football Hall of Fame. He's already in the Wisconsin Hall of Fame. I'm sure he's in the Brookfield Hall of Fame and the Meat Hall of Fame with all he does. With Mission Barbecue, it is our friend Joe Thomas. Joseph, good morning. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you guys? So we were doing this thing yesterday or two days ago about Rogers. Before all the news blew up, he announced that he was going to take some of his salary in Bitcoin. Mm. Jesse said that if he could be paid in something other than money, he said he would like to be paid in meat. (laughs) Given your relationship... With Mission Barbecue, can you get Jesse a few shifts a week so he can be paid in meat? There's no doubt I would be happy to pay Jesse at Mission Barbecue meat. Uh, All he has to do is show up, which it sounds like he might have a hard time doing that based on his track record at ESPN Madison in Cleveland. Not the most reliable of employees, 
But uh, we'd make an exception for him. I, I know he's a, he's a great person and a, a, a lover of fine meats as well. He does love some fine meats. I, I do. We'll, we'll talk about that on Monday, Joe. I'm actually off tomorrow, so uh, we'll, we'll circle oh, back on timing. that. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> Uh, Joe, what have you made of this whole Rodgers deal? We have went ad nauseum about it. Give us your first take on kind of the whole deal. Yeah, my first take is surprised but not shocked. I mean, this is a little bit kind of like uh, Aaron Rodgers' brand uh, to kind of skirt the edges a little bit and maybe focus a little bit more on himself than his teammates because clearly, you know, when – you're trying to skirt the vaccination rules and try to get all the perks of being a vaccinated player without actually going through the process and getting the vaccine. Um, you're trying to have it both ways. And, you know, I'm doing the Colts-Jets game tonight in Indianapolis. Carson Wentz, another NFL quarterback. Those quarterbacks, they're always me guys, right? So different. They want to be treated differently. None of them want to get vaccinated as the NFL teams. But uh, Carson's not vaccinated. And, you know, he's following all the protocols that he's supposed to, and everybody knows that he's not vaccinated. So people are more concerned about it uh, or not as concerned about it. They can, you know, act accordingly around him. But I think people on the outside of Green Bay, uh, the Packers specifically, just all assumed or and, and thought that Aaron was vaccinated based on the comments that he made and the reports that were given. And so they treated him as such. And I think they. my first reaction was they feel like, They've been misled and lied to by by Aaron. Yeah, as a as a guy who's been a leader of teams, I mean, not very good teams, but teams nonetheless. No, thanks. Thanks for adding that Jeez. in there. <laughs> we had some success at Wisconsin. I, I resent <laughs> that remark. <laughs> Sorry. Um, what is what is the locker room going to be like now? Because they knew that he was unvaccinated, but again, this is yeah. a team that's seven and one. That is, if the season ended today, the number one seed. That number one seed, a heck of a lot more valuable than it ever has been, and yeah. they could end up losing not only this game but maybe losing next week if they have to play Jordan Love, who does not appear ready, despite whatever bright future we expect him to have or don't expect him to have. What's the locker room going to be like once Aaron Rodgers is allowed back in? I. I- Honestly, I don't think this changes a whole lot within the locker room because, like you mentioned, I, I've got some friends in the Packers locker room, and everybody in the, that locker room knew he wasn't vaccinated. I mean, when the stuff came out last week with uh, Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard uh, not being able to play because of COVID, the conversation was, well, you know who else isn't vaccinated? is Aaron Rodgers. That was kind of the scuttlebutt, like, let's hope he doesn't become right. the next guy that has either a close contact or actually gets it. Uh, and it didn't take very long for him to get it. So I think the, like the shock value of, oh, our quarterback, who is pretty much our entire team, uh, is not vaccinated. And at some point during this season, he could get it at a very inopportune time, and it could hurt us. And so I think that shock of that reality kind of probably wore off in training camp or at the beginning of the season for the players in that locker room. So now the fact that the, uh, the, the future that they foresaw is coming to reality, they're probably – a little bit upset, disappointed, but it's not the shock that we on the outside maybe are feeling because we all assumed he was vaccinated. All right, Joe, enough about Aaron Rodgers. Um, 
we we have some mutual friends. Uh, there is a story in high school sports right now in Madison involving Madison Edgewood. Uh, I got a call from a friend a couple of nights ago telling me a little bit about it. I know you have some friends that are involved and know what's going on. If you can set the scene for folks that are unaware of what's going on with Edgewood and and maybe express your thoughts on that situation, that's what we're looking for. Yeah, well, it's just a really tragic situation that seems like the the right could be very easily ruled by the WIA or somebody out there, but it seems like there's some selfishness and some stubbornness uh, amongst administrators that is not allowing um, the just thing to happen. So basically on Monday, the undefeated Edgewood football team going into round three of the playoffs was informed there was a potential violation for an ineligible player and then the next day they were told that they have to forfeit all their games um, because there was a basically the, the long story short is there was a player on the team, one of their receivers, who was in the Madison School District living with, fan, with his mom, I think, moved down to Texas to go live with his father. That didn't work out. There was a really bad family situation, and so he decided to move back up to Madison to continue his schooling kind of right during the COVID pandemic. Um, and when he came back up to Madison, he wanted to be declared a junior because of all the time missed of school and um, various schooling and athletic reasons. He basically had a missed year. And in March of 2021, the athletic director at Edgewood um, applied to the WIA and wrote him a letter saying, hey, we want this student to be ruled as eligible and to be ruled as a junior. They gave him all of the transcripts from the player. And the WIA um, and their I think it was the executive director, the deputy director, um, wrote him a letter back saying that basically, yes, we agree. Um, we have his transcripts. We've seen all the uh, information that you've given us on this athlete, and um, we agree that he can be eligible to play. And so then Edgewood, not thinking there was anything else for them to do, played this player during the season, um, had their undefeated season, and then in the playoffs they won the first two uh, rounds of playoff football. And then now all of a sudden in round three of the playoffs, the WIA is is coming back because of a tip supposedly and saying, well, no, 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 you forgot to fill out a form and sign this form that you were supposed to in order to make him officially eligible for the season. And because you didn't sign that paperwork, he's been deemed eligible ineligible for all the games that he's played up until this point, and therefore, since he played in the round two game, even though he didn't record any stats, did not play in round one. Um, so not really a big impact on the game. It's not like he was the player of the game. And that's not to take anything away from him as a player, but it's not like they were trying to skirt the rules to get this player out there who was going to go out and rush for 300 yards for him. Not that he was a running back, but um, he didn't really have a big impact on those games. But anyways... They were ruled that he was ineligible, and they played an ineligible player, and so therefore they have to forfeit all their games. And the Edgewood School District uh, athletic director team appealed to the executive director to try to take it to the board of control, which can maybe overrule it. Um, The executive director denied taking it to the board of control. So now we sit here today, and Edgewood has filed a restraining order against the WIA to be able to allow to play the games while the uh, court files 
all the you know the paperwork and goes through the process of determining basically who's right and who's wrong. Um, and in the meantime, hopefully, hopefully Edgewood can play the rest of their games um, until it's determined, you know, if the if the courts will side with WIA or with Edgewood. So it was basically somebody tipped, somebody sent the tip in, and that's why the WI re looked at it. Because why would they just suspend or, or let them know early in the season, hey, this kid can't play? Well, I think that's the confusing part, and some of the frustrating part is once the WIA in March of two thousand. Uh, 21 said yes this player is eligible um after edgewood said hey we would we would like to apply um to for his eligibility as a junior um for this year and beyond and the wia said yes that's great we wish him well and then not informing him that there's other paperwork you had to sign um you would think that at some point somebody in the wia would have saw that that fell through the cracks oh hey we realized that we forgot to tell you there's this paperwork that you had to sign uh, to make him officially eligible, and what we told you that he was eligible was maybe not entirely true. It meant that he was eligible to sign the paperwork to be eligible. So, Joe, I, I think the hearing is today. I don't know how this is going to play out. Yeah. But from my perspective, and, and I will admit that there are uh, times where I have not been the biggest fan of the WIAA. I think they tend to be ham-handed. I understand there's challenges that come with presiding over all the athletic programs in the state at the high school level. But isn't this on them? Aren't they the ones that made the mistake by notifying the, the school that he was eligible and not saying, hey, you also have to fill out this paperwork in order to make it official because why is it being held against the kid and the school when the WIAA did not do its part either? Well, I agree with you. The, the WIA they have sort of a history of being very much by the book, by the rules, which, you know, as, as a former Cleveland Brown, we do everything by the books and I'm a big believer in rules and following policies and, you know, zero tolerance and all that stuff. Okay. That's great. But when the mistake lies with you for not, fully informing your member schools of the process, then there's an issue with the process, and there's an issue with the communication. And it's easy to say, well, you should have known. But in this case, the WIA, as far as I know, is their, their charter, their whole purpose is to protect the student-athletes. It's to protect the, uh, the institution of high school football and to make sure that the, these people are able, these students are able to go out and play in a fair manner and if there's some issues with communication or process or paperwork like it should be on them to be able to figure out okay sorry we screwed this someone up we'll help make this right we see that this is uh an injustice even though we understand that our rules say hey if you play an ineligible player you got to forfeit every game that he played like we understand that's the rule but like this is a different circumstance because everybody from the WIAA through to Edgewood kind of thought that this player was eligible to now all of a sudden say, well, yeah, we found a piece of paper he didn't sign. It seems like they should make it right rather than just saying, well, this is what we always do. We just go by the rules. I'm sorry, we can't help you. Especially, I, I should bring this up, that in recent history, I think it was Catholic Memorial had a volleyball player that dealt with a very similar issue and was able to get a restraining order 
um, from the local courts in that situation to allow the student to play because they realized that the WIA screwed up. But instead of having to sue the WIA and spend money on lawyers, it would be nice if this governing body that supposedly represents the interests of all these schools and all these athletes would make it right without having to get lawyers involved. Hmm. Well, we hope that that all gets rectified and gets figured out. Uh, before we let you go, Joe, when is Odell Beckham Jr. going to be a Packer? Oh, man, that's a great question. They could use him right now. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm really disappointed in the situation because if something would have happened with Odell before the trade deadline and you could have got some compensation from him uh, to the Browns and then he, you could have sent him to Green Bay or New Orleans or one of these teams that would love to have him and would be able to use him properly, it would be a win-win for everybody. We saw the Denver Broncos do that with Von Miller. Um, just this past week, they said, hey, you know, you're best served to go play with the Rams, go win your Super Bowl. We love you as a person, as a teammate, as a community member, but um, it's better for us to have the draft capital because we're not winning the Super Bowl this year, so here you go. And it would have been great, not that the Browns can't win the Super Bowl this year because they're in a different situation than the Broncos, but they're clearly not using Odell Beckham for whatever reason the way he should, so send him somewhere that he can be used that way and get the draft capital and then everybody's happy and to me, in life, I always want to look for win-wins. And now the situation they're sitting in after the trade deadline is kind of like a lose-lose. What do you do? You sit him on the bench because you don't want him to disrupt the chemistry of the other guys and you don't want him to disrupt the team? Or do you just cut him and then let him go sign with somebody else who potentially could hurt you down the stretch in the playoffs? Now, I would have loved if he would have been traded to the Packers, get to go play with Aaron Rodgers or even the Saints somewhere in the NFC where the only chance you're going to see him is is in the Super Bowl, but um, now they're, they're kind of stuck, and it's very disappointing. Joel, we are uh, out of time with you, but it would be great if you could come back next week because Tausch and I have wanted to get after you about Kyle Shanahan. Oh. And... Oh. <laughs> hey, and but, is he maybe his... Hey, I also, though, you, you better give Joel his credit on Matt LaFleur because if you remember... I was going to say. He, after McCarthy was fired... He said before anybody talked about Matt LaFleur, Joe Thomas said, Green Bay, go hire Matt LaFleur. It'll be the best decision you made. And you know what? Yeah. He ain't been wrong. We're all in this sucker uh, together, that's for sure. Joe, we will have you take your victory lap on that and explain why Kyle, Han Kyle yeah. Shanahan suddenly sucks when you join us next time, buddy. Thanks. <laughs> I would love to be on it. Unfortunately, you guys never invite me anymore. It's like you guys don't like me, but I'll make sure to – Steal Jesse's number and call him next week. Well, uh, hey, hey, I just want to be clear. Tausch is taking another day off tomorrow. We got three full hours if you're available. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'll be traveling, but maybe better luck well, next time, Yes, I know your friend. He, he heard Homer's in as the sub of tomorrow. So he's... <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Right, guys. Thanks oh, and, and Joe said Aaron should be the GM, and he's been the GM. <laughs> so, really, Joe Thomas has hired the last GM and the last coach. He's nailed both predictions. <laughs>